Welcome to America's Web Radio. We're glad to have you listening in today. This is a very special day for America's Web Radio, and I take the, um, well, I get to uh, play on the radio for a minute and introduce a brand new show to America's Web Radio, and I think this show is going to touch the lives of many, many, many people, mine included. Uh, it's already touched my life. My parents uh, are both dead, uh, and they died. Uh, my father died very young. My mother died at uh, 83, and we had gone with my mother to many, many uh, assisted living facilities, personal care, just on and on and on. And quite frankly, we found over about approximately three, four years that it was a nightmare. And uh, we had a young lady in not too long ago, Ms. Kim Shirk, and uh, she was talking about elderly abuse. And then I had the pleasure of meeting Joe Gavalis, and he's going to tell you who he is and what he is and so forth and what he has been. And uh, this show, I want you to tell your friends, your neighbors, because this is going to be facing everyone at some point. You're going to have to deal with the elderly, be it your parents or, in my case, myself. Uh, so please tell folks about the show, and it's going to be every Monday morning at 10 a.m., on America's Web Radio, we're the only station in the country that is running such a show, that I'm aware of anyway, and it's going to cover a world of information, and uh, I don't know how many people are aware of this, but the uh, it's becoming an epidemic, picking on the elderly, and that's everybody from family to on and on, the fake phone calls that they get, everything. So we're going to be exposing those. Um, Joe is a uh, former law enforcement agent, and he'll go into detail on that. And I'm going to turn the show over to Joe. Joe, welcome to America's Web Radio, and thank you for being the host on uh, Safe Senior Hour. And um, that's great. Thank you, David. You. I, I appreciate it. And and I think uh, uh, I couldn't echo more uh, what David said. I totally agree. Um, the Safe Senior Hour <clears throat> basically will deal with uh, uh, elder abuse and financial exploitation. Thus the, na- thus the term, the SAFE. Senior Hour, SAFE stands for Seniors Abused and Financially Exploited. So it is a it is a timely show as the population now is growing. It's roughly 47, 48 million people that are over um, uh, 85, uh, 65 or older. And it's estimated by 2016 there will be almost... Uh, 100 million people over uh, uh, the age of 65. So we're a growing population, and and, uh, my background, how I got into this, I'm a retired uh, federal agent that worked organized crime and labor racketeering, retired, set up my own business, and then got into the uh, volunteer world and saw the need um, to help fight elder abuse. 
So I'm now the law enforcement coordinator for the North Georgia Elder Abuse Task Force. And we started in 2010. And we are the, uh, <clears throat> the, um, the arm of the actual now. We started up a foundation, the North Georgia Elder Abuse Task Force Foundation, which is a 501 3C or C3 um, uh, organization. And our goal is, is, is pretty simple, what, what we do and how I got to, to meet and deal with, with many people uh, in, in this business. The, um, the foundation, uh, I'll just read what it says, is uh, <clears throat> aims to help tackle the rising problem of elder abuse by helping foster collaboration amongst and between public and private agencies that deal with elder abuse, including but not limited to law enforcement, criminal justice, health services, first responders, senior services, regulators, and community organization. Now, that's the official deal. We basically are out right now. What we like to say is we like to use the term, if you see something, say something about elder abuse. Uh, so we use the word C, S-E-E. And we tried to <clears throat> just bring it down to everyday English. And the uh, foundation and the task force under the S seeks to have cooperation among law enforcement, the community, and those entities I just mentioned. The first D is for educating not only the uh, law enforcement on new laws and new techniques and new scams, uh, but also to teach the, uh, the, uh, the public. Uh, we go out and actually go out into the various groups, whether it be senior services, whether it be a faith-based uh, community, um, and we give uh, talks on <clears throat> elder abuse. <clears throat> Again, our elder abuse um, definition, it deals with three things, physical, financial, and institutional. That's what we use. The last E of C, the first one was C, cooperation. The, the S stood for that. The E stands for education. The last E stands for enforcement because too many people are just getting away with these crimes. They're either not getting reported or the authorities are having a tough time to try to, to, to get enough um, uh, time to work these cases with the limited manpower they have. So we try to bring all the law enforcement, both local, state, and federal law enforcement together, uh, along with the regulatory bodies um, like Adult Protective Services. In Georgia, it's the health care facilities regulators that, that deal with elder issues. So we are uh, <clears throat> trying to bring this coordination, this education together. To let you know how successful We've been, and we're not the only group in the country, but we're one of the, 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 the few that, that have just total buy-in by the communities. Um, we've talked to over a 1,000 seniors and elderly people. Um, uh, in Georgia, uh, when we say elderly and seniors and others, we're talking about at-risk adults over 18 years of age. The law in Georgia uh, applies to... Uh, seniors and also at-risk adults. Uh, and again, we sit and go out and actually in the community 
and meet with the uh, with uh, the citizens. I'll just let you know tomorrow I'm speaking with law enforcement to over 100 citizens in a uh, kind of semi-rural county way over in eastern Georgia. Uh, we see the need for this, and we see the uh, the the interest that our, our citizens have. Uh, <clears throat> I think as we talk about elder abuse and we talk about what the task force does, I think it's important to uh, to realize that <clears throat> the biggest abuse by far is financial abuse of seniors. About 70% of all finance, of all abuses against seniors, according to one study, is, uh, is financial. Uh, physical abuse pretty much speaks for itself. I think if you look at, uh, at, at cases that you're aware of or incidents that you're aware of concerning physical abuse, you pretty much can tell or, or, or look at it and get an idea who has been physically abused. And these are horrible cases. And they must be reported immediately to, to take care of that senior who has been, uh, been physically abused. And the third one is institutional abuse. And institutional abuse is kind of broad, but it's very important to, to have our seniors who are in any kind of an institution, from a personal care home to an assistant living to a nursing home to a memory care unit, that they be treated with dignity and with respect and within the, the, the four corners of the law. And we, uh, we see that uh, as a very significant uh, problem. The big problem right now um, is there are only so many law enforcement regulators and that the citizens um, know somebody, and I bet you if I could talk to every one of you personally, you probably know somebody or have a, uh, a relative um, who has been fit in one of these categories of some kind of abuse. People talk about this and say, well, wh what is the, the, the big issue? Why, why, are, why are seniors the target of abuse? Well, um, I think we look at it in, in this vein of our generation of people over 60, we're looked at at very um, trusting people. I think we're, we, we tend to, we're just brought up that way, very trusting of friends or new people we meet. We've been able to, uh, to save a little bit of cash, a little bit of money. Maybe it's in a bank. Maybe it's in a CD. Maybe it's, uh, you know, you have it uh, somewhere in your home. And the third thing that, that makes us very vulnerable in general, the group, Financially, is that you know we love our families, particularly love our kids, but more particularly we love our uh, our grandkids, and the scamsters, and the scammers, fraudsters, whatever name you want to use, these are the people that prey on on the elderly, and that's about thirty or forty percent of of the uh, financial crimes are outside people who prey on on the elderly. Joe, let me ask you, and I. I relate back to my, my mother. My father, like I said, died early. But my mother would have been in sheer panic if she had gotten even some of the calls I've gotten 
uh, I'm Sam Smith with the IRS, and if you don't pay me, you know, you're, you know, we're going to do this. All the threats that they do on the phone. How do they get? How do they get our numbers? That's one thing. And how do they know our age? Uh, is this all public information? The other thing I, I was just sitting here thinking about. And I want to talk to you, uh, well, I can't after the show, but in the near future. I think we may want to set up a hotline, an 800 hotline, and, uh, you know, see where we can go with that. And uh, I'd like to hear from you folks that are listening now or as a podcast comes up uh, about the idea of setting up a, uh, a hotline for the elderly to call or their family to call just to ask, where do I go with it from here? And uh, we'll try to help them out. Anyway, uh, my question, again, goes back to where do they get the information and what do we do, what do, we do when we get the bogus call? Well, we'll, uh, we'll cover those. Uh, again, we're speaking to a national, worldwide audience. So when I talk about certain things, they might apply here. I'm familiar with the Southeast particularly Georgia. And to make it clear, I'm not a lawyer. That that when you have issues, you should contact your own lawyer or legal aid or the professionals in each state that you deal with. Uh, Adult Protective Services, your uh, local uh, police, local sheriff, um, or various federal authorities and and get help from them. But I will tell you... um, the idea that people worry, and I, when I speak to these senior groups, they all, how did they get my name? How did they get my phone number? Well, I think if you just look back in, your, in what you've done in the last two, three years, every time you fill out like one of those contests at a grocery store or you go to a restaurant or you go to one of these places where you have to give your name and number because you think you're going to win or you're going to get a subscription – these people sell those lists, and those lists then become public, and uh, um, uh, by them selling it public, they sell it to whoever's got the, the, the most money to buy it. It is from those lists that the professionals take uh, uh, a kind of strong look at the list and have their professional callers call you and try to uh, solicit or, or get you on the line. A lot of these, the, the detail information everybody's concerned, how do they get my Social Security number? How do they get my date of birth? Well, in the real, in the real world, in the, uh, on the Internet, on the dark side of the Internet, um, this information is sold uh, um Illegally, but it's sold over the uh, over the uh, over the uh, internet to the highest bidder. A lot of people buy these lists, and uh, what I've been told from law enforcement that these lists are readily available. And it depends how much money you want to pay for it, how detailed the information is. So, um, the uh, I think that is the uh, uh, that's the answer to David's question. How do how do they know who I am? Because these people are just taking a shot in the dark. The um, I think we're uh, David. I don't know how we're doing on time here. Uh, we're a little 
Okay. So I'll go into more detail after the break on some of these issues and uh, and just try to educate you on that. Okay, we'll be back with more with Joe right after this. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at EHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. And we thank you for listening to America's Web Radio and the Safe Senior Hour with Joe Gavolis. And uh, we have an addition here, Joe. I'm going to let you introduce our addition to the table. And it's a pleasant addition. It's uh, Kim Shirk. She's uh, on the board of the North Georgia Elder Abuse uh, Task Force Foundation. And uh, she's very active in attending some of these public meetings and these other meetings I spoke about. So we'll have her uh, add her uh, insight, what she sees, and uh, and let you know how, how to uh, uh, interact with our foundation to help uh, keep these uh, training sessions and uh, interaction with the seniors uh, going for the next couple of years here, if we, we could. Welcome, Kim. Thank you, Joe. Um, I'm just going to finish up the topic that we started before. Uh, how did, uh, on the different uh, ways they get your information, how the, uh, the, the criminal element, the fraudsters, whatever we want to call them, get your information. And, and I want to stress it, it's nothing that you do. But having said that, I think we've all or you've known about uh, various telephone calls where all of a sudden you'll get a call you don't know who it is you pick it up and people start engaging in a conversation with you our recommendation is basically 
if you don't know who's calling you, wait to have them leave a, 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 a message and you call them back because people are just trying to determine who they can talk to, who they can deal with. Law enforcement advises me that the, the fraudsters uh, basically uh, maintain three lists. Uh, one list is nobody answers and nobody talks to. The phone rings. Obviously, that list isn't worth much. It just lets them know don't to try these numbers. The second list, and a lot of people try to do this, is that they like to talk or play with these uh, people on the other side of the phone who are calling in with some suggestions uh, about uh, some kind of scam or some kind of winnings that you have. The people you are dealing with on phones like that are professionals. That is their job. And they think they can out-talk you and get you convinced that you should buy or send money or whatever you have to do to participate in their in their scheme. And that list is worth a little bit of money. Doesn't mean those people have ever done it, but at least they'll talk. They feel if you're talking, you, they've got a shot. But the third list are people who have actually participated and uh, have been very uh, uh, fruitful, as I would say, fishing hole to get uh, successfully obtain a money or uh, cash from uh, a victim. Our, uh, and when I say fishing, I don't mean fishing like F-I-S-H-I-N-G. It's fishing is P-H-I-S-I-N-G, where they just try to call. And again, there might be 50 or 100 of them sitting in a room. So if, if they get one, it's like they caught a fish. Now, if you're real fishing, F-I-S-H-I-N-G, and you, and you found a fishing hole where to go, you're going to go back again and fish, and fish until that hole's fished out. So people will constantly get, get several calls. Um, and if they uh, comply with, with their wishes uh, and participate, the, uh, uh, it's, it's the loss, the, the senior loses the money, and the uh, professionals gain. And that's what the whole idea Somebody, somebody asked me at a meeting. Well, what is their real profession? I said they're crooks. They're, you know, they're con men. They have no other profession. They get up every day and said, "How can we con people?" So uh, I think we should need to to remember that when we're dealing with people. And I always start my meetings off with when we talk to the public. Has anybody here uh, um, played? Not one, but played the Irish lottery, the Canadian lottery, or the Jamaican lottery. And I never see anybody's hands go up. Has anybody here played, uh, have entered the, the uh, publisher's clearinghouse? Well, some people might raise their hand. And I said, well, that's good. All you people who didn't play the, the lotteries, I just got a clue. You can't win if you don't play. So when somebody calls you and said, you've won, and this is what you have to do, just stop and think. How can I win if I didn't play it? Publisher's Clearinghouse, a lot of people get the call and have never played it. and But it's a scam they use. Publisher's Clearinghouse is a good organization. They operate uh, uh, allegedly fairly, and I'm not knocking them. But people will use legitimate things in order to con you out of, out of money. Uh, with that, I'd like to go over the the... the 
just some list of the as we're we're talking about the biggest exploitation is of course is uh, financial exploitation, and they're just general categories that we all should be aware with. I'm going to go over these, and then in later shows we're going to go through specifics of what they're like. Uh, the first one obviously is um, financial is theft, and again. The vast majority of financial exploitation is done by loved ones, relatives, or people you trust. So theft is 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 one of them, and and that's where they're taking a cash, medication, or other personal properties. These are what should be reported to the police or APS. A lot of times we don't know it till uh, uh, weeks or days later. I remember one case where a person had a care, caretaker and thought everything was fine and was looking at their checkbook and everything was fine. They looked at the check, she knew what she wrote. Then all of a sudden a, 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 a trusted person, a relative, came in from out of state and looked at the bank statement. The, the senior didn't look at that. And there were these disbursements going out. But they were not checked the check uh, sequential checks they went to the back of the checkbook and were stealing checks and kept withdrawing them and the and the the senior had money in the account so she didn't think anything different so this was done by somebody she trusted and so she finally caught it and went to the police and they tried to uh, you know tried to apprehend the individual the other one is fraud which deals the acts of dishonesty by persons entrusted to manage assets but appropriate assets for unintended use. They might use falsification of records, forgeries, unauthorized check writing, and Ponzi-type financial schemes. When we used to talk when I was in the government and would go out, everybody knows about the criminal code is this, this, it's number so-and-so. Every state has a different criminal code. The federal government has Title 18 and other titles that have criminal um, uh, violations to it. But we try to simplify it. You should be concerned if somebody's lying, cheating, or stealing with your money, your relative's money, or your friend's money. And I think that's the easy thing to look at. You look at that, and we're able to then, uh, you're able then to tell somebody in law enforcement or adult protective services that something bothers you, something's not right. I think somebody's been lying to me about something important, dealing with money or finances or my property. Or it could be uh, cheating the system, using the name of the senior to have um, uh, benefits come uh, come to a mailbox, for example, and then they take it. And, of course, stealing is the same way. So... um, just some other just titles we go in here. We have contact to fraud, lottery scams. Um, there's some mortgage scams, investment scams, and insurance scams. And we're going to go one by one as the shows go on. Each way you can talk about them. We'll take a specialty case and we'll go uh, uh, one of the fraud schemes and we'll go and and go in more detail on that. Uh, so I think that uh, we're ready to move shortly to a to another break here and then we'll come back and then we'll have um, the um, 
a, a member of our task force, uh, Chief Flynn from the Marietta Police Department, um, uh, call in and hopefully get him to uh, give his some of his thoughts on uh, on fighting elder abuse. Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around town movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy. Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one, can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we do thank you for listening to America's Web Radio. And uh, you're listening to a the first version, the first show of SAFE. Senior Citizen Hour, Senior Hour, and uh, we've got Joe Gavallis here, and he's got a special guest on the phone, and we're going to go to Joe right now. Right. Thank you, David. Um, Yes, we're very fortunate today to have uh, Chief Dan Flynn of the Marietta Police Department, uh, who is one of the more active uh, people on our uh, North Georgia Elder Abuse Task Force. But more importantly, Dan is is well known throughout the country in his uh, work fighting uh, uh, various crimes and and working through the International Chiefs of Police Association uh, on spearheading things, helping to look out for the for the elderly. 
Uh, he's a constant uh, um, uh, representative of law enforcement that speaks at the Georgia legislature on various bills and acts. Uh, just real quick, he is uh, previously was the chief of police in Savannah, and before that was a 27-year career with Miami-Dade Police. Um, uh, we're honored to have him. Just to let you know, he has been twice selected as the chief of the year in the state of Georgia. With that, Dan, welcome, and uh, um, uh, welcome to uh, the uh, Safe Senior Hour for the first one here. Good morning. Good morning. The, uh, um, I, I just want to say uh, Dan is, is very uh, knowledgeable about the day-to-day uh, aspects which law enforcement has to deal with, with uh, elder abuse in the cases. But I was at a meeting with Dan uh, once, and Dan told a story uh, that always stuck with me. And, Dan, if you could tell it, I think we discussed it about when you were a police officer in Dade County, what you heard in that seminar. Sure. Uh, well, actually, uh, that was really the first thing that alerted me or, or taught me about crimes against the elderly. And what happened was uh, I was assigned as a young police officer. I was assigned to attend a class, a training class, about, uh, about elder abuse. And um, so, you know, as officers do, I, I went as I was assigned, and I found myself in a class with uh, a lot of people, probably about 30 in the class, and our instructor for the class was a fairly senior uh, nurse, and uh, she was going to instruct us on the topic of uh, elder uh, crimes against the elderly. And uh, she stood up and uh, began the class by saying, uh, uh, introducing herself, and she said, I would like to describe one of my patients to you. And what she described, she said, this patient is bedridden and has cannot communicate at all with anyone, uh, at least verbally. Um, the patient has no control of their bodily functions and they are completely dependent on help for everything. The patient sometimes will uh, wake up unexpectedly and scream for uh, a period of time and scream for no apparent reason when nothing seems to be wrong, just scream and cry. And so everybody, the, the everyone attending the class, myself included, um, you know, just thought we were hearing this uh, this pathetic story about someone in the very advanced uh, stages of elderly diseases and uh, geriatrics we used to hear about, and we pictured this poor pathetic soul. And the nurse said, "And um, I would like to show you a photograph of my patient." And we went, "Okay." And she pulls up a photograph and shows us a photograph of a newborn baby and we all looked at it and we were very surprised and took a moment to sink in but we realized everything that she described was uh, exactly um, uh, what you would uh, what a, a newborn baby would do but you know I noticed when she did that 
you know, the reaction of the students in the class when we first, when we thought we were hearing about uh, an elderly patient, uh, uh, you know, extremely uh, old and in the uh, diseases of, of old age, um, we all of a sudden, when she held up the picture of the of the uh, of the baby, you know, it was as if yeah, I mean, we all smiled at first as if we uh, because we felt like we had been a little bit tricked. But also, then you know, we start people in the audience started showing you know the kinds of reaction people do when they see babies, even photographs of babies, and they said, "Oh, how sweet, how cute, how wonderful, how how lovable the baby," and, and those kinds of reaction from people in the audience. And so then the nurse put down the uh, put down the photo, and she said, "Did you notice?" the difference in your own reactions when you thought you saw what your reactions were when you thought I was describing an elderly patient and your reaction changed completely when you realized that I was talking about a, a very young patient a baby and that really what that tells you is that uh, the way we as society view People with the exact same kinds of symptoms are much, much different with a young person than with an elderly person. And it, and it kind of shows you that, you know, there, there is, is apathy and frustration out there with regard to uh, the problems of elderly people and, and certainly uh, victims of elder abuse. And uh, just know that society in general has a totally different view of them than someone else with uh, uh, with the exact same symptoms. So it was really that incident that really opened my eyes to the problems of the elderly. Yeah, I I, I, I hit home because I know you you said that to a group of law enforcement people and looking around the t- around the room, it really got it really hit them because twenty years ago we were fighting or twenty five years ago child abuse. And it was just coming on the radar. And now there's very strict laws and there's uh, various agencies that, that help fight this. And now we're playing catch up here on the elderly. And as we talked earlier about the population growing, uh, this is getting to be a concern for for all communities um, and for law enforcement. Um, I do want to, uh, to uh, let our listeners know that uh, Chief Flynn's uh, department uh, puts out uh, a uh, information pamphlet about elder abuse, and what's so great about what he's done? It's 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 on his website of the Marietta Police Department website, but he's allowed other departments and other en- entities to take it, put their own logo on it, and hand it out to give to 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 seniors, and it's a great one. And and um, Again, I, I just, uh, Chief, I think I'm, I'm sure if people get on your website, uh, they'll be happy to read. You have one on elder abuse, one on power of attorney, I think. That's right, and, and one on the Georgia uh, infrastructure of all the uh, uh, services that the state uh, provides for uh, for uh, elderly people. Well, as, as we go around to the, talk to the various senior groups, the one common thread is... <clears throat> All these agencies, and it's no fault of their own, all have different numbers. And it's like it's bad enough to get somebody to call in on an elder abuse complaint, 
be it physical, financial, or institutional. So what we say is pick a professional, your, your law enforcement, your local police, your sheriff's office, the state. Please call and talk to somebody, and then they'll get you to the right person or talk to Adult Protective Services. In Georgia, I correct me, Chief, if I'm, if I'm wrong, but I think it's mandatory uh, reporting to both Adult Protective Services and the local law enforcement entity. So we have both, both groups looking at it. Yeah, uh, well, that is correct. Uh, but really, the, the biggest problem with, with folks, even mandatory reporters who are not required by law, who are required by law to report the signs of elder abuse, uh, very often are unaware of it. They're unaware that they're required to, and therefore things that go unreported, not because they're falling down uh, on the job and, and don't know what they're supposed to do. They're just unaware. That's why why uh, public awareness of the of conditions like that, things that exist that, that make it harder for us to learn about uh, the existence of elder abuse uh, are, are the kinds of things we need to make the public more aware of. Right, and in your pamphlet, I've got one of them out here, one of the highlights is who must report, and this is for Georgia, but I think each state, just check with your state law, they have something similar, maybe not all-inclusive, but there is a requirement for them to report. And, for example, here in Georgia, it's hospital or medical personnel, doctors and interns, dentists, psychologists, and podiatrists, nurses and nurses' aides, Again, these are people that are mandated. It means it's a violation of law if they don't do it to report signs of elder abuse. Counselors and social workers, EMT, EMS, paramedics, and first responders, social workers, school teachers, counselors, and administrators, law enforcement, coroners, and medical examiners, daycare personnel, physical and occupational therapists, child welfare agency personnel, public or private agency employees engaged in professional health service. So that means somebody that you hire to come out to your house to take care of your aunt or your uncle or your mother or father, they have an obligation to file. Clergy accept confessions. And then this, any employee of a financial institution or investment company, i.e. banks and financial institutions. It's an incredible list. That's not all-inclusive, but each state should have one. And I think this is, has helped. Uh, I, I'd like to get your thoughts on that, Chief. Well, I, I think, you know, really, we work, we, the police, we're part of the public sector. And as you read, you know, the, the pamphlet involves uh, police, law enforcement, fire, fire rescue, paramedics, mm-hmm. and all those public safety. I think it uses the... Uh, uh, general heading of, of first responders right. uh and you know it's always been of concern of us that you know we, we don't need to be called specifically to address a specific a, a, a specific person um, to be required when we see signs of of elder abuse for example say paramedics uh and or police are called because a person let's say in a nursing home or in a an adult congregate living facility is having some kind of a, a, uh, a medical problem, and we've been called. If we get there and we're attending to that person, but happen to just 
look around and see something else that doesn't look right or doesn't feel right, um, we are, are uh, required to then report on, uh, be a mandatory reporter of what we're seeing. And, you know, if we can get more first responders to recognize in detail that they need to look around, not only deal with the person they've been called about, but uh, see what conditions they find themselves uh, in the environment where they find their victim, I, I think we'll be, uh, we'll be doing a lot better. Um, you know, we had another um, a very big, uh, prolonged case in, uh, in, here in Marietta where a person who was an uh, elderly person who was in uh, very bad physical condition was uh, dropped off at a, at a local hospital emergency room because she was in, in uh, medical peril. And um, she was, you know, it, sometimes it's very hard for us in law enforcement with elderly people that, that often have various stages of dementia. You know, it's hard to know if exactly what they're saying is uh, <coughs> exactly right. But in that case, um, the uh, person that was dropped off, although she was in bad physical and medical conditions, she was telling the place she had been brought from uh, that there were other uh, severe problems there, and uh, she was coherent enough, uh, even in her, her medical condition, that the uh, hospital staff did a great job, and uh, they notified uh, here in Georgia the uh, uh, State Department of Healthcare Facilities Regulation, and um, they uh, they notified them. They immediately responded, listened to the woman, took a look at her condition, and um, went out and found the place where uh, she, from which she had come. And uh, when they got there, uh, they had a door slammed in their face, and uh, so they wind up, they, they in turn notified the police, and in a long investigation, uh, we were able to prove that everything she was saying was right, but that there were other elderly people in that facility who were in peril that uh, may have gone unnoticed had it not been for the hospital worker believing the elderly person and, and making that notification. Well, I, 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 uh, I'm familiar with that case that you talked about, and it's uh, really a landmark case. And, and unfortunately, when you look at the photos of, the, of the, how the care of the seniors were at this, it was an unlicensed personal care home. It was horrible. Um, but we're going to have, in, in later shows, we're going to have, have Flynn, uh, Chief Flynn here. I can't thank you enough, Chief. And um, hopefully we can get you here and give you a whole hour here because we can have some good discussions. But uh, I'd like to thank you for calling in today, and uh, we look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you, Chief. Okay. Thank you, and uh, congratulations on beginning this show. I think it's, uh, it's going to be very helpful to folks that uh, – want to learn about uh, about the problems of the elderly. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. We'll be back uh, right after this message. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. 
My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around town movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, around town movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's around town movers. Call them. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Yes, uh, uh, we're back on, and, and we're going to uh, talk with uh, Kim Shirk, who's here. She's uh, uh, on the board of uh, uh, directors of the North Georgia Elder Abuse Task Force Foundation, and I'm going to let her talk a little bit about it and, excuse me, go in and, and see how you all can hopefully help us as we help the seniors um, both here and in other states uh, in our surrounding states. Kim? Thank you, Joe. Um, It's a pleasure to be here today. I'm very excited to start this radio show off with you today. Um, Wanted to talk a little bit about our organization, the North Georgia Elder Abuse Task Force Foundation Incorporated. We are a 501c3 nonprofit corporation in Georgia. And we are initially the fundraising arm of the task force, so we are accepting donations and sponsorships. If you are interested in helping our organization, you can write a check to the North Georgia Elder Abuse Task Force Foundation. And our mailing address is 2400 Herodian Way, H-E-R-O-D-I-A-N, Herodian Way, Suite 110, that's in Smyrna, Georgia, S-M-Y-R-N-A, and the zip code is 30080. And we uh, really appreciate that, and it is a um, 501c3 again. I also wanted to point out, um, you know, what a national issue this is, elder abuse. It was on the very front page of USA Today weekend over this past weekend, Um, headlining the aging alone overlooked and in danger how agencies find 235,000 elderly victims of abuse and this is across the whole country and so it breaks down state by state the number of cases in 2017 of reported elder abuse and highlights that the most was in Washington State the fewest in Wyoming and it, it talks about you know how we've talked about the emotional abuse, the physical abuse, and the financial abuse. This also points out um, another form of elderly abuse, which is self-neglect, where, you know, older adults aren't taking care of themselves. Certainly people are living longer these days and living in their homes longer, and it just becomes a really important issue to check on your friends and family members that might be 
older and living alone to prevent the self-neglect um, cases that are going on nationwide. Well, it, it certainly, as we talk, it's a nationwide problem. And uh, just some statistics, you know, there are just statistics everywhere we can overwhelm you all with. But the um, uh, one group uh, put out statistics, and this was in, Bloom, in a Bloomberg article, that uh, criminals steal $37 billion a year from the Americans' elderly on scams. Uh, the Department of Justi- Justice estimates that one in ten older adults is a victim of elder abuse. Uh, report: The Federal Bureau of Investigation shows that almost 50,000 people over 60 uh, years of age lost $342.5 million in uh, 2017 to Internet fraud and scams. There's a need to get the education out. Law enforcement can't be everywhere. Self-neglect is an issue that, as we talk to our our, uh, our, our friends and, and cohorts, co-workers at uh, Adult Protective Services, that's something they look at is, is self-neglect. Is self-neglect a, a criminal matter? Well, not really. It's, uh, it's, they, they're there to try to help the individuals. Our whole goal is to protect the seniors or the at-risk adults, the very vulnerable in, in our society. And uh, if as we say at all these meetings, if you know of any situation, please pass that on to somebody that you uh, trust who will get it to the professionals, law enforcement, adult protective services, and Georgia healthcare facility regulators. In each state, for the institutionals, there are there are, I believe, ombudsmen that are created. Uh, that you can go to and you can talk to on a confidential basis. And in our future shows, we will have an ombudsman. We will, we will have people that, that will come in and tell you in their specialties what they look at. Uh, I do think that uh, the laws in many states need to be changed or upgraded. Uh, Georgia is that way. Georgia has some of the, the best laws, uh, and the prosecutors are using them because these people are constantly getting, getting uh, defrauded. What, I, what I, I do see is the reporting is going up uh, by civilians, and that's good, uh, but we need to do it more. We need to do more education and go out and educate, educate the public. Mm-hmm. We are looking to have, for example, here in the southeast, to have in the near future a tri-state meeting of law enforcement regulatory people to meet uh, uh, from the states of uh, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, South Carolina, and North Carolina because there's a need. Because we got to remember, when you're dealing with criminals, criminals know no boundaries. They could care whether you're in a city of, of X, whether you're in a county of Y, or you're, you're in a, st- a state Z. You're here in the United States and they cross boundaries, and this is how we have to coordinate our activities. Um, we had, for example, here something that uh, had, a, had an, uh, a gentleman in the 60s work the length of an interstate highway, or not the length, but basically off the interstate highway, hitting senior residents and uh, burglarizing or, or uh, hiding as one of the seniors at, uh, as they walk in and out of the building goes into their room and steals their purse, steals their 
their uh, identities, um, and he has been caught. But he's got about, um, I think, uh, last time I heard, I think probably like four or five different cases against him. But these are people who are professionals, and that's why we need to meet them with quick responses and try to help the seniors. Um, I think, again, you need, if you if you think there's anything that bothers you, the worst thing, and I've talked to people, the worst thing they say is is to go to bed or wake up one day and said, I need, I should have told somebody, I should have told somebody about Mrs. So-and-so or so-and-so, and then you find out something bad happens. But with that, I know we're about to wrap up. Uh, David's giving me the sign. Um, I look forward to doing this every week. Uh, David, you have that email that uh, that you want people to send in? Yeah, you can email safe at americaswebradio.com, and that uh, will be good. Uh, it'll go direct to Joe, and uh, we'll have that set up within the next couple of days. Uh, that's great. We we appreciate it, and and we look forward to uh, to uh, continuing the shows and uh, and listen to your uh, uh, thoughts and ideas. We'll see you next week. <laughs>